Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. This is Kelly Dean, and today I am going to be talking with Miranda. Miranda is um, on staff at the Tummy Team. She is one of my assistants and does a lot of our, um, you know, social media marketing and all of our video editing and answers a lot of your questions. And she's kind of like my right hand person in a lot of stuff Tummy Team related. But she's also a dear friend, and we are going to be talking about one of the really kind of avoided topics, I think, especially from the tummy team, uh, not intent, well, kind of intentionally avoided topics about diastasis recti and weight loss. We are also talking, this is part of our series of um, embracing the new and what 50 can look like. And this is kind of the the uh, second episode of podcasts, I did a podcast last week with Beth um, Learn, and we were talking about me turning 50, and we're also kind of going to talk a little bit about my journey with food and weight loss and turning 50, and we're going to include all of that in this discussion, plus we're going to talk about stuff that all the questions people ask about weight loss um, and DR and why we've kind of skirted around it. And Miranda's going to share some of her story. It's all going to be all that stuff. So it should be good. Thanks for joining me, Miranda. Hello. Thanks for having me. That was quite the introduction. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Babble, babble, babble. Uh, So, Miranda has been on the show with me before talking about, you know, some of the common questions we get from you guys and just her experience here at the tummy team. But um, Miranda, specifically, I asked her to be a part of this conversation because she introduced me or she was kind of, uh, I don't know if introduced, maybe it is introduced, but she was uh, kind of the stimulus for me um, to think differently about my food and how I eat and all of that. So that's part of the, part of the thing. Um, and, and if you guys listened to Beth last week, our, our podcast, you know that I've lost um, a significant amount of weight um, in this last year going into 50. And anybody that's doing any of my courses have probably seen that and we haven't talked about it at all. So we're going to talk about it now. So. Hi, Miranda. Tell Hello. a little bit about what's going on with you and what what your what's what you know about this uh, topic we're going to talk about. Okay. Um. Well, I went into this year um probably at my heaviest weight, other than being pregnant, I think. But I was very close to my max weight even when I was pregnant. So I went into this year at about like 185. Um, and I think my heaviest during my pregnancy was 190. Um, and I'm 5'5. Five five, so that's like a lot of weight to carry around um, on a small frame. Um, and, you know, I just went into this year thinking like, I need to do something about this. Um, and initially, I didn't even like look to dieting or anything. The first thing I addressed was my relationship with alcohol and I cut out alcohol and I lost a little bit of weight from that. Um, I felt a whole lot better, um, after giving up alcohol. Um, and I had been following a friend of mine who started intermittent fasting and she was raving about it and shared a couple books and resources just via social media. And I kind of didn't tell anybody, but I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this out. She seems to really love it. She seems to think it's pretty easy. Um, And so I read a book called, is it Fast, Feast, Repeat, or Feast, Fast, Repeat? One of those, an arrangement of those three words. 
Um, I read that book. And then um, I also read a book called Delay, Don't Deny by the same author, Jen Stevens. And she kind of has a 20-day fast start approach to starting intermittent fasting. And within that time frame, I I don't know, I, I lost a good chunk of weight, probably 15 to 20 pounds. Um, just within that first 30, you know, 30 days a month. And not always typical. Not typical. Like, let's say that like you shouldn't expect to lose that much weight. That's not the goal of it initially, actually. No, it, the goal is to change your relationship with food. And that's really what happened. Um, but during that time, you started to notice and ask questions. And we started to have a conversation about what I was doing and how it was working. Um, and that kind of led to us having a conversation about um, intermittent fasting. And yeah, then you kind of jumped on the train with me <laughs> on the train so so i'm going to start out this part kind of talking yeah. a little bit about our journeys and then yeah. we're going to talk specifically about diastasis recti weight loss kind of our clients and the tummy team the first thing i feel like i always need to say is that um I feel like my role in the tummy team is I give a lot of medical advice, um, physical therapy related advice based on my expertise. And my expertise is functional core strength, functional pelvic floor strength, physical therapy. It is not nutrition. It is not diet. Um, I have never dieted in my life. Um, And it is not weight loss related. So I'm sharing my personal experience. I'm not giving advice, medical advice here. I'm sharing my personal experience and there, and I'm going to talk about why I feel like this is the time to share this experience with um, my clients and with the world at large and the tummy team. So yes, I have a similar story in the sense that um, I, I jokingly not feeling happy about it. We'll talk about COVID-19 as the 19 pounds we gained <laughs> During yeah. COVID. Right. And I was at my all-time highest weight before I gained that 19 pounds. And the first year of COVID was incredibly stressful for everybody. Yeah, um, I everybody that. gained weight. Everybody was not and I was swimming a lot. I had the 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 opportunity to swim sometimes six, seven days a week. So it wasn't that I wasn't working out. Um, I had a lot of stress, a lot of stress from my teenagers in the house um, and what they were going through, a lot of stress with business decisions I needed to make. Um, You know, we were in the middle in transition. We were living kind of in temporary housing while we were building a house. And that was very stressful. There was just a lot of stress. And I am a big emotional eater. Um, And I think a little bit of an emotional drinker. I didn't drink a lot, but I, I did have more wine during that time. I think everybody could, not everybody, a lot of people can relate to that. Anyway, I... Um, a very normalized thing during that time. Like, okay, we're all stuck at home. Let's just have a couple drinks to like yeah. get together. Yeah. Um, and so I just, think we all drink more than we typically We all started baking. We all started <laughs> cooking homemade meals, which is not bad, but we started eating a lot and... Um, but I think for me, it wasn't, I don't think I was eating necessarily more than I've ever eaten. I think there's two things that was really happening as I turned 49 and I am very premenopausal, kind of in that stage. So my hormones are shifting a lot and I believe stress, the level of stress in my body made it so my body could not processed food the same way. And I don't know if that's medical or whatever, but I felt, feel like I almost was insulating myself um, with food. And, and I'm always somebody that has weighed a lot. I, I mean, even in high school and in college when I was a collegiate athlete, I weigh a lot. I have a lot of muscle mass. I'm not super tall, but I'm five eight, and I have dense bones, and I've always weighed a lot. So even when I was very, very lean, I was probably the one of the heaviest girls on the swim team. Yeah. So I always have, I never really weighed myself because it was a little traumatic based on like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you weigh that much. 
Um, so I really wasn't weighing myself. Um, and even when I was pregnant, I'd stand on the scale backwards because I was like, I don't need to know that number. Um, I'm eating what I, I know how to eat. I'm doing the best I can. And I've also never been, a, even when I was really lean, I've always been kind of a healthy, you know, person. I, I Healthy weight-wise, like in the sense that I'm like not super skinny. <laughs> healthy meaning I have a little bit of an abundance. I'm a little bit thicker of a person. So, and I've, I've kind of learned to, to embrace that. It's kind of my, been my body, but this was beyond that. This yeah. was, I, at my, when I finally got on the scale, because I was like, this is something is not great. I really was in denial and I didn't want to get on the scale because I felt like there's nothing I can really do about this. I'm not a dieter. Um, this is only going to get potentially worse as I go through menopause um, based on the people around me that I've seen kind of, you know, I, I was feeling a little despair. And then you came along and said, you know, I'm not dieting. I'm just intermittent fasting. I'm just, I want you, you know, I just, this is what I'm doing. You weren't pushy on me at all. And I was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to get the book and just read it. And um, it, the thing that resonated most with me was changing the relationship with food because I could tell that I had this codependent relationship with food, Yeah. Um, which I, 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 even though I wanted to lose weight, obviously I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to, to stop nip it in the butt. I just, if I, I had gotten to the point where it's like, okay, if this is where I'm going to be, I'm going to be a little fluffier. I can I can live with it. Stop it here. Yeah, I can't keep keep going. I mean, I can't hit menopause and it get worse than this and gain another 15 pounds because my when I finally got on the scale, I was 212 pounds. Yeah. And I think that I typically lived at around 187. That was that was what, you know, the last few years I've kind of lived between 185 and 190. Um, and I know that sounds like a big number, but that was my number. And people often look at my before pictures and they're like, you know, I didn't really think you needed to, you look strong. I didn't, you know, you were thicker, but right. nobody really looked at me and said, oh, she's really overweight. You right. know, um, I never, at least they didn't say that to me. <laughs> Maybe they felt like, you know, and, and doing this work, I've always been very conscious of that I don't have a super skinny belly, but I also felt like I'm a real person and this is what a lot of people resonate with. But I had gotten to that point where I had a poor relationship with food and I was concerned about visceral fat around my liver and the yeah. medical health of that and the things that, that, um, that I read in the intermittent fasting world and kind of the health benefits of it, I felt like, okay, I'm going to just see, I'm just going to see what I could do and see if I can just have a little bit of discipline with myself and not just eat anytime I have any feeling, sad, happy, tired, <laughs> not tired, <laughs> celebrate. <laughs> I mean, there was any reason, any emotion had a food tied to it. And I felt like if I could shift that, that could only be good. Right. Right. And yeah. so I started that and I had a similar experience. And I, I want to say most people do not have that, that experience in that first 28 day thing. I lost about 15 pounds. I say I lost that first 15 pounds that had no business being on my body. Right. I think our bodies at that point, they were, it was ready to shed. It was inflammation. Yeah. It was, it was, well, I was bloated. I was, it was, it was all of that. So I, that was encouraging to just get back to, okay, my starting point, which was still maybe heavier than I wanted to be. Yeah. But um, at least it was felt like familiar and doable. And um, you I, know, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it just gave us a lot of like really um, applicable tools, right? To our lives of like, it, it didn't seem like this like monster feat that we had to accomplish of like, you have to cut out gluten and you have to cut out dairy and you have to cut out grains and like all of these things. Like it was, 
a simple way to integrate into our lives. Oh, and um, I love food. I'm a foodie and I love bread. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I love to bake. And and I want to have a blizzard every once in a while. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, I am not good at self-deprecation, <laughs> depriving myself. I will binge afterwards. Like, yeah. And so this has been, and honestly, even the, the way that she describes it as that feast, fast, repeat, it's like, you can eat whatever you want when you eat. And yeah. I, the freedom of that, I feel like, gosh, I... I am at an age where I'm like, I just want to eat what I want to eat, but it's when you eat and it's, it's having a, it's allowing your body to, to kind of, um, burn the fat you've been storing for the last 20 years, basically first. And then, you know, and then, and also as you kind of shorten your eating window down over this progression, you become very selective. You know, we're, we're not going to, I'm not going to waste, I could have a blizzard. Nobody's telling me I can't, but the blizzard kind of fills me up and that's not going to. It's not going to be over the next, you know. It's not going to help me swim the next day. So I really have changed my, my view. And I had always thought about food as fuel, but even more when you're really narrowing down your eating window Mm -hmm. to what am I going to and now I think about, oh, what am I going to eat when when my window opens up? And I know these are terms that people aren't familiar with. There's like a fasting window and a and a um, and an eating window in a, yeah, a day. So, and it's right. not about getting a smaller and smaller eating window. It's more about giving your body fasting times to burn the calories and helping your body not stimulate insulin over and over again. So your body is constantly craving food all the time. That you don't need necessarily. Right. So can you talk about like kind of what your journey into intermittent fasting looked like? Like, did you you go from eating all day to then only eating four hours a day or what? what It sounds extreme when people and, and, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But like, I really think if you're interested in this, we always say, get the books and we'll put links to the books um, because because she explains it way better than I'm going to explain it. Although, you know, inevitably both of you, you and I have coached a bunch of people through this process because it's been life changing for us. Um, And, and so I started out um, with kind of eight or nine hour eating windows, which basically, you know, the, the, the fasting we do is a clean fast, which is basically no sweeteners, no artificial sweeteners, basically just I, I drink um, unsweetened iced tea or water, um, no lemon in the water, um, no breath mints, no gum, nothing like that. And that's pretty much just what I have in my no zero calorie flavoring, no <laughs> zero calorie flavoring, nothing like that. Right. Um, uh, not even flavored tea that doesn't have sweetener in it. None right. of that. Um, and so I'm not a coffee drinker, so that's never, never been an issue. Um, so I, you know, I would like maybe open my window. I wouldn't eat until like 11 and I open my window at 11 and what, 12, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I'd stop eating at seven, right. which is reasonable. I would just delay and not have breakfast right away. And I, I, you know, and then I just stop eating at, at seven, I wouldn't have that late night snack. And honestly, I thought I was going to die. The Initially, first right? Yeah. yeah. And and I remember reading something saying, it's okay to be hungry right. and not respond to it immediately. Like, it's okay for your stomach to growl and you wait till the next. It's not like you're not. It's okay. And And I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize how much I would bring food in case I got hungry or eat before I'm hungry. So I don't get hungry later and, you know, anticipate that I might. And, and I, my response to hunger was totally messed up, you know, and, and my response to like, will I really die if I don't eat for, for, because we really had lots of fat storage in our body, right? Like we had enough, to get through um, yeah. feeling a little hungry. Uh, but we had to teach our bodies how to access that fat storage. And it took a while. Yeah. Um, so that's why it was really important for both of us to start with kind of those larger eating windows and then yeah. tape 
back a little bit to kind of teach our body what we're doing here. And, and the book really kind of takes you through. You you do like seven yeah. days at that eight window, and it's very gracious. If you do a ten hour window, if you just can't do it, then you know that 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 you just start fresh the next day. You when know, you fast for the next fourteen and start over the next day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, you just do what you can, and and so we did like eight hours, and then I felt like. At first, I thought, oh, this is going to take forever. But then I almost always, at about five days, I was ready to go to seven hours. And then right. about three or four days, I was, like, ready to go to six hours. And then, you know, and, and I felt so good. I felt so in control of it that it was okay. Like, and but I'm not a dieter, so I didn't go in. There were a couple of times where I was like, oh, less is, you know, less is more. You know, I didn't do that. A lot of people try to like diet like foods as well. And I didn't do that. I ate whatever I wanted, honestly. And how we a bowl of cereal. I ate a bowl of cereal. If I wanted to have pasta, I had pasta. If I wanted to have pizza, I had pizza. If I wanted a Chick-fil-A, I had Chick-fil-A in my window. I had whatever I wanted in that window. And that freedom was really good for me mentally to not feel, to feel like I was in control, but I also could eat what I wanted to eat. And it, it was a perfect balance for me. Um, and then I would say, I would say I got down to about five hour windows. And I know that for people hearing this the first time, it's going to seem super radical, but I would say now I comfortably live most days between a four and a six hour window of eating. Those are the times, like sometimes I open my window to eat, um, at like one thirty, and I'm done at five, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and we have an early dinner together. Um, you know, sometimes I do longer, like we had a Christmas party and I had a longer window Thanksgiving, maybe a little bit longer window, but then the next day I go down. Um, and that flexibility, I think our bodies really like, but yeah. And I think that's like the freedom aspect of that flexibility makes it so we don't get like so burnt out or feel deprived or feel like it's some like a diet we have to adhere to um, and then want to give up. Um, and I think I'm I'm about the same as far as my window. I typically have like a four, sometimes a six hour window, kind of just depending on the day, like you said. And I think that, you know, people get wrapped up in being so strict with themselves and punishing themselves because that's kind of just like the diet mentality of our world. Um, but it can be as flexible as you need it to be. Like, do you like having dinner with your family every day? Great. Have a later window. Do you, do you want to have cream in your coffee? Have a morning window. Um, it's really, really beautiful in the way that you can be that flexible. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is totally flexible. And I think that having friends that are doing it at the same time and family members, you know, there's a lot of support and creative ways to kind of like, you know, little tricks that we've learned along the way, which I don't feel like we need to go into all of that today. But um, I think ultimately what people are probably wondering is like, how much have you lost, Kelly? Yeah. (laughs) How much I have almost lost 50 pounds since wow. I started April 15th and it slowed down here at the end. Um, and I, I am, um, I am about 164 now. Um, and I'm like two pounds it's away. It's smaller than where you typically were at. With so your, much smaller. I am so healthy and strong when you said, you know, you yeah. typically were around 187 where you yeah. felt like good. And now you, I mean, you've lost even significantly more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. And I don't feel deprived and I feel strong. Um, I feel like this year I also had this um, goal of, you know, changing my body composition. I've been doing a lot of strength training, a lot of resistance training, really trying to build up muscle going into my fifties and, and really thinking about like kind of embracing that. So this, um, in addition to dropping a lot of the extra, you know, fat that I had on my body and, and kind of getting it, changing a lot of stuff to muscle 
um, I'm, I'm actually like the weight I was when I married my husband 20 years ago. Wow. Um, that's incredible. Yeah. And I am lighter than when I was, got pregnant with Katie 18 years ago. You know, it's, it's bizarre. I really thought like my goal weight was 180 and I thought that that was ambitious, ambitious. Yeah. Because right. I lived about 185, 187, and that felt like what where my body was in like homeostasis. That's kind of where I was, you know. And I was yeah. like, this is where I'm at. Um, and and I feel like it slowed down. I I don't know if I will lose anymore, and I don't really care if I do. I I'm not actually trying to lose. Other than I once I got close to 50, and I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to lose 50 before I turn 50. It doesn't really matter. You know, that, that number is just, just for me. Um, but really I feel so much stronger. And one of the things that really resonated with me is something a client said recently when she was reaching out on the forum and saying that she's done all this work and she feels so good. She's closed her diastasis and she's strong, um, but she still has a little bit of a belly. Now, I don't know. I don't remember exactly this person's story because I think she's a little bit closer postpartum than I am, obviously. And yeah. she's still nursing. There's still, still her body metabolism is still probably in flux of that postpartum stage, which I am not in that stage anymore. Um, but I remember her saying, I just wish the outside matched the inside. Mm. And, and I hear that a lot from our clients, that we work a lot with them getting strong, they feel strong, um, and they really wish the outside matched the inside. And I feel like I can resonate with that now. Like I've always felt strong. I think my posture, the way I stand, the way I hold myself, the way I move, the things I'm capable of very much are why people would never have said, oh, she looks overweight. They yeah. would always just say, she's strong. She's confident. Gosh, she, you know, they, I know that about myself, but now I feel like my bot, but the strength of my body, mat, the outside does match the inside a little bit more. Um, but the tummy team has never been about aesthetics. It's never been about how, well, it's never been exclusively about how people look. Obviously, when people say, I look pregnant and I'm not pregnant, I want to help you with that. So I know that, that, pregnant looking belly that's a diastasis belly let's fix that let's close the diastasis strengthen the muscle and not have that rounded belly look um but inevitably people are like oh you know I also still need to lose some weight and one of the things that Beth Learn said a long time ago that resonated with me is you build strength in the gym build muscles in the gym and you lose weight in the kitchen. And that is the reality. And that's never been my strength. I've never been somebody that felt confident telling people how they should be eating, not eating. And I don't want to even delve into that. And I'm not doing that here, but I am sharing. I feel like we're at a point where this has been so easy <laughs> And um, I like, you start noticing in your videos the transformation that has happened. So the yeah. conversation kind of had to come up at some point. We have to talk about it. People have yeah. to talk about it. And, and, um, and this is intermittent fasting is not going to be for every one of our clients for sure. And it's there's no pressure about that. But I felt like when I, I learned something for myself and that it could be a tool that might be helpful for other people, I want to share that. Yeah. But I also want to talk about how kind of how everybody needs strength no matter what size you're at. And that is, is what I felt all along the, the, the way that not everybody is supposed to be a different shape and size. Just like you were saying your all-time highest weight was where I felt comfortable at, right? So you felt super comfortable, right? So that body it did not feel comfortable or strong or healthy and I said okay now this is my time to address this um right. because I have an eight-year-old and I want to be able to keep up with my eight-year-old and at 30 I should be able to right like right. that it, my weight should not impede my ability to keep up with my little kid at this point um 
So that, that was a huge goal for me is I have a young kiddo that I want to keep up with and play with and be fun and run up the hill to get home and race. Um, mm-hmm. Feel good about those things. So yeah, yeah, we're not all meant to be the same size, but, but if we can give people tools to feel healthy and strong, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, we get a lot of questions yeah. about weight. Um, you know, do you feel like weight loss should or can affect your diastasis journey or should we talk about them in conjunction with each other or should they be separate conversations? I, I kind of feel like, um, it's a separate conversation. I feel like very, very few clients. I, I, I would say I've maybe had one or two clients in the, maybe more than that. A handful of clients in the grand scheme of the thousands of clients I've worked with when doing diastasis recti work that I felt like their weight was actually, their belly fat was actually pushing out on their diastasis. And that was more like they had longstanding belly fat kind of underneath the muscle that was pushing out so that, yes, they can close the diastasis, but they really underneath they had so there's kind of like this superficial belly fat and then there's this organ belly fat right um and the organ belly fat is obviously where we're concerned and 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 we you know that's one of the great things about this intermittent fasting is it actually eats that that internal fatty liver stuff first right and and so for health wise that can help but I've always been very, very irritated, if not aggravated, when doctors will look at somebody that clearly has a diastasis, is having back pain, back instability, digestive issues, um, all the stuff that we're talking about. And they say, well, you need to lose 50 pounds first or nothing's going to get better. I think that's a lie. I have worked with people that are 150 pounds overweight that have been able to close their diastasis, alleviate their back pain, get strong, start moving again before they've even been able or had the energy or capacity to deal with the Yeah, you know, the belly, the the weight that they needed to lose. And this was the stimulus to help them move forward. If you're in pain and weak and collapsing, it's hard to get moving. Even if that, even if we know changes in weight need to be done in the kitchen, we need to be able to move and have energy to even make some of those cognitive decisions about our food. So. So I think comments from from physicians that you need to lose weight before you do rehab or you can only have surgery um, or my tummy is this way because I'm overweight, um, you know, and or, you know, you have to lose your belly weight or baby weight first. I think all that's kind of a lie. Um, Right. That doesn't need to happen. And um, and sometimes some people feel like they needed to lose their weight first and then work on their diastasis. Some people feel like they need to work on their diastasis and then lose the weight. And I feel like sometimes working on your diastasis can be a little bit more empowering at first and then kind of moving into this. Um, and, And the other thing about when we first started doing stuff with the tummy team, our, our first demographic, it's grown so much in the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, But our first demographic were prenatal and postpartum women where we're talking about nutrition and fueling their body for breastfeeding and for pregnancy. We're not talking about weight loss in that season. And so that's also been a reason that like we have not kind of gone into talking about this at all. Right. We've, we've been kind of cautious about broaching this subject because of that. We don't, we don't want pregnant or breastfeeding moms to think now is the time to start intermittent fasting um, or, or any kind of weight loss. Any kind of know, weight loss program. That's not right. the time, but eating healthy. And, and, and I've always talked about ways to kind of get nutrient, nutrient dense foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also to be, to be aware that if you are breastfeeding and we say this a lot, if you are breastfeeding, 
um, you need to recognize that your body is going to prioritize that the breast milk and most of your nutrition is going into the baby and you need to be thinking about that. If you start doing anything like building a lot of muscle or losing weight, there's a good chance it's going to affect your milk supply because your body can't do, can't build milk for a baby and build muscle for you at the same time. You can build some muscle, but if you go hardcore into building muscle or changing your, your body composition, when you are breastfeeding, it is likely going to affect your breast milk. So you need to, it's a choice. And a lot of times we choose the baby first, which it's a season of life. And we let the baby get the milk they need. And you know that your body will once again become your own. And then you can. At another time. (laughs) Right. At another time. Right. Um, But it it, it is, um, I think that there is information to be learned um, from the intermittent fasting book, even if you are still in your childbearing years. I think understanding your relationship with food, understanding kind of how how your body processes food and and that I think that you can still kind of learn some stuff there but that's not something that we kind of recommend at that stage right um but if you're done having kids or if you've never had kids or if you're a man listening to this and you are you are resonating with I've gotten so much stronger but I can tell I'm still have some belly fat from how I have lived my life for the last two to 20 years, yeah. then, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe this is something to consider because I feel like it complements what we do at the tummy team very well. Right. Um, so you would say that we tummy team clients can definitely, at least some of them can benefit from intermittent fasting. You think, do you think oh, it sure. can go hand in hand with their rehab journey? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just, I think they, it's not something that you have to wait to do one thing and then do the other thing. I think if you could do both, you could do both. It all comes down to your cognitive capacity, your emotional and mental capacity. How many things can you do at the same time? Yeah. How many new things can you start at once? And sometimes we're really motivated and we're like, oh, I'm going to start core rehab and I'm going to work on this nutrition thing and I'm going to start working out again. And um, you might set yourself up for failure if you bite off more than you can chew, so to speak. So be be compassionate with yourself and um, recognize that you might not be able to do all the things at the same time, but some people might be able to. You know, I've obviously um, built two courses Core smart fitness and functional core while intermittent fasting. Um, And I've been, I swim, you know, three to five days a week um, while intermittent fasting. Um, I'm raising my family. I'm, you know, doing all the stuff. It's not like my life is on hold while I figure out how to eat differently. Yeah. I think if anything, it saves us some time. Right, like <laughs> oh my gosh, does it ever significant amount of time? We're not cooking three meals a day anymore. Um, I mean, at least for ourselves. If we've got families, sometimes we have to still cook three meals yeah. for our kiddos or whatever. I would say that um, I I would say that that was probably that's probably the biggest complication um, is that um, I still have family to feed. My husband does intermittent fasting with me. So we're, we're good that way. And I'm fortunate that I have um, teenagers that, uh, that can do themselves. They do themselves. I, I mean, I still like to have meals together, but the right. reality is one of them works after school several days a week and the other one swims after school almost every day a week. So we're not always eating together anyway. So I have learned that I make our um, main meal, our, our dinner meal, um, earlier, usually right after school for them. And I might eat at four, but they can eat before they go to work or they can eat after swimming and the dinner's already been made. And 
And so it, it's worked out fine. And, you know, they, they do their own breakfast and lunch. So it's just our dinner meal. But I would say that if I had little kids that I needing to, to kind of feed three meals a day, then you have to kind of, you still have to think, it doesn't save you as much time. So you have to think about their food. Right. We're still thinking about food during the day when you don't yeah. really want to think about food yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so our family, you know, my, my husband works at night. So um, we don't typically eat a, a evening meal together as a family during the week. So I typically have like a morning or like a breakfast to lunch kind of window. Um, and that's when we get to eat as a family and that works for us. And then he goes to work and, you know, eats whatever he wants for dinner. Um, and that, and that works. Yeah. I honestly think it's ideal for empty nesters and uh, you know, because it, it's just, it's just really ideal for that. And, and honestly, that's the demographic that I get these questions a lot from it's, you know, the women that are kind of perimetopausal um, and the men, most of our men are between 45 and 75 years old. So a lot of these questions about how should I be eating? And, and again, I'm not going to kind of advise them on that. I can share my journey and I can share the, the, the resources that we have for this. I do feel like it's a very um, compatible connection you know, and I, I feel like I have been so cautious about sharing my journey in this way, because I know that there are so many clients that are very sensitive to, they've gotten that feedback, oh, you need to lose the weight, or they, they know that they have extra weight to lose. And I don't want that to be a hindrance for them to, to do the core rehab work. Um, so I've been careful about that. We get that question all the time of, do I need to lose weight first? And the reality is like, we can, we can work with you on your rehab journey at any size. Any um, size. And this and, is not something that we look at as a hindrance. No. Um, and if anything, you should work on it because it's something you absolutely can do. We start out with sitting, breathing and rubbing your tummy and anybody can do right. that. <laughs> you yeah, know, like, absolutely. You can absolutely do that. Um, I think also that um, there's a lot of body shaming in our culture, a lot of um, the fitness uh, people out there are give these airbrushed body types that feel unachievable to people. And I never wanted to be a part of that market, that marketing. I really um, want real life bodies, real life experiences. And, um, you know, this is my real life. And there has been seasons in my life where I was heavier and I'm leaner now, but, um, I want people to feel comfortable getting the rehab at any stage that they're in, you know? Well, so how has this kind of impacted your, um, you know, going into 50? and embracing this like season change? Well, it's been great, actually. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I already had made a lot of goals about this year um, and feeling like I have, have an answer to something that just felt like there was no answer. I felt like this is just kind of, you know, how my body type is and kind of how this next season of my life is going to be a little bit fluffier, (laughs) a little thicker. And I was, I was, you know, kind of embracing that and recognizing that I actually have power and control over that and is, is really empowering. And my energy levels has always been good, but it feels even better. Um, My swimming feels great. I just feel, I, I don't feel 50. I don't know what 50 is supposed to feel like, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm turning 50. I feel really energetic and confident and, you know, comfortable in my body. And, um, and I feel like that's a good way to start this next, uh, decade. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's weird. It's weird how these ages kind of sneak up on you. Um, I know that I've been preparing for turning 50, but yeah. still the reality in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm like 28. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Well, I, I, had a, I had a counselor tell me once that our brain, um, I know we all say that your brain fully develops at 24, but something happens at 28 in your brain. Um, and so that's kind of where we kind of drift back to if people are like kind of thinking where they're at, like mentally, we think 28. Although I think back to what I knew at 28 and what I know now, and thank God I'm not 28 because <laughs> I want the wisdom of being 50, um, but the energy level of being 28, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's just really encouraging because as you're kind of going into this like perimenopausal stage in life, I think that most women go into that stage feeling kind of the same way you did at 49 and being your heaviest of like, well, this is just what happens at this age. This is just like, it feels helpless, hopeless. Um, like there's just, there's just nothing I can do about it. You know, once I turn this mm -hmm. age, I can't lose the weight. I'm just going to this is just it. Unless, unless I'm like so strict with myself and so punitive and punishing about food. Right. And um, I love to cook. I love to feed people. I love to entertain. I love to bake, you know. And, and I love and that you those things too because then you feed me. Uh <laughs> I know. My friends like to be fed by me. And that makes me happy. Um you know, and, and that's a big part of my identity and to feel like I, uh, you know, and I'm Italian. So to, to take pasta and bread out of the equation is like, feels like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good enough sacrifice for me. <laughs> you know, I don't want to make that sacrifice. Yeah. And for some people that's not a sacrifice, but it was. And, and, um, so I, I feel so and so empowered and grateful to you for sharing your journey with me Aww. and honestly the fact that you shared what you were going through gave me the courage to share with some of my people yeah and my friends and my family members um my in-laws are doing this my <laughs> my husband several of my friends that have had a lot of health issues are doing this and are feeling so grateful and so i feel like one of the things that the tummy team is we are encouragers and we want to walk alongside you and support you on your journey and i feel like i would be holding out on people if i didn't share this i feel like it's a gift that i've given you it's not like absolutely it's a gift. I, I wish somebody had given me this gift earlier. Same. And I know that intermittent fasting isn't going to be the way for all of my friends or family. But if someone tells me this is something they're really struggling with, then it's always something I put on the table. I'm like, right. hey, just read the book. Like, if nothing else, read the book and see if it's something that might work for you. Um, that's that's all I can do. Yeah. Um, but and, I feel and like I didn't realize it's kind of a fad. Somebody, you, I think I you told me. But it was a fad. I was like, I'm so out of touch with what the culture is doing um, yeah. with stuff like that, that I didn't even know that I it was no like either when I started. And then my best friend told me like, oh, yeah, it's like all the rave in Hollywood right now. All the celebrities are intermittent fasting. I had no idea. I'm like this just works. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we're, not, we're not doing this for a celebrity. Um, no, not Oh, and, and you know, and I haven't posted any like before and after pictures because honestly, my before pictures don't look that bad. You know, you um, still look confident and strong. Yeah. Um, no one I thought. I feel better now. I feel. Yeah, I feel better. My mind. And we're all about how you feel and how you function here at the Tummy Team. So, you know, I. I, I, I'm excited that we're getting this information out there. I know we've kind of, I've kind of danced around it and not really shared. Um, and, um, but it's, you know, as we release some of our new courses and people that have 
done some of our previous courses, I'm not refilming all of my old videos where I was heavier, you know, okay. the all versions of Kelly, um, all the different seasons of Kelly, because that information and all that my body was doing in those in at that weight is just as applicable as it is now. And it's just something that, you know, I wanted to have a dialogue about, and it is something that has been um, an important part of this last year of, you know, transitioning into embracing 50 and setting goals and meeting those goals beyond my goals, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to share before we wrap it up? I mean, I just... Just that I wish I had known about it so much sooner um, because it was so, I don't know, I guess it was just really easy to implement and it made me feel so in control of my health. Um, And that's been a really important part of this process for me is that I, I have control over, over how I go into this season with my family. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a really important piece for me. Um, so yeah. Well, I, I appreciate the flexibility and the grace within it. You know, it's not, uh, I mean, there are a couple absolutes about like clean fast is a clean fast. Um, but other than that, there's not a lot of absolutes other than the clean fast. That's really the only absolute. Right. And knowing that, you know, usually you need to get to at least 12 to 14 hours of fasting for your body to really kick in, um, you know, the the fat burning stuff that you want. But right. other than that, you know, it's pretty flexible and it's uh, life giving, not life taking. And that's what I'm all about at this season of my life. Yeah. All right, guys, I'm sure that you guys are going to have questions about this. So feel free to reach out to us. Um, If you are a member of the tummy team, um, our forums are the best place for you to communicate. And um, we'll be talking more about it. I'm sure as people have questions, I'm open to uh, answer those questions, but we're going to give you some resources in the podcast notes. And we have another, um, another podcast episode next week, the third of three in this uh, embracing turning 50. And that one's going to be with my daughter. And I'm excited about that. So hopefully you'll join us next week for that podcast as well. And uh, we just want to thank you so much for following us at the tummy team. And um, I hope that this was helpful for you. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.